The Matrix, yeah. We've said the, the matrix of the world is life's all about you. You know, the matrix is don't, don't worry about anybody else. You do you, and that's all that matters. And it leads to division, self-centeredness, I believe emptiness, chaos, and ultimately bondage in, in life. And the sad thing is that most people don't even realize that they're in bondage. And I've challenged the church, you know, Christians, Christ followers, that we're to wake up and resist the matrix of the world. You know, Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to give us the abundant life. And our call is to bring a little bit of heaven to this earth. You know, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, he foretold the coming of a new Zion. And Jesus ushered in that new community. Now, Scripture says this, and I tell you, you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The church was God's design from the very beginning. It was God's idea for bringing a little bit of heaven to this earth. And the community of faith. And that's what we've been talking about uh, for several weeks now. The, we've been talking about being be, as followers of Jesus Christ and as a church, we're never to lose our sense of awe for what God's done in our lives. We're never to lose that sense of, of gratitude for what God's invited us into. And we're to keep that invitation of that relationship at the front of our minds. The fact is that if we do that, I believe we will treat people and treat each other the way God's treated us. You know, it'll keep us on course. It keeps us growing and developing and becoming who God created us to be and who God's called us to be as a church. The fact is it's the code that guides our actions. It's the code that, that compels us to accept one another, to forgive one another. You know, I'm just curious, how many of you have seen the movie The Matrix? Okay, all right, all right. So in the movie The Matrix, the, the opening scene, you have a uh, search bar. It's on the computer, and... You see Neo, who's uh, played by Keanu Reeves, and uh, I know you've thought that's who's been preaching when I got the coat on, but anyway, you see, you see him at the keyboard, he's sound asleep, and all of a sudden the, the screen goes dark, and it says, wake up, Neo. It's typed across the screen, and Neo wakes up. And then the typing continues, and it says, the matrix has you. Follow the right, white rabbit. Knock, knock, Neo. And then you hear a knock at the door. Choi and DeJour are there. They're to pick up some uh, software from him. And th in the course of their conversation, they invite Neo to come with them to a club. And at first, Neo kind of declines. He resists the invitation. 
And then DeJour turns and he sees a white rabbit on her shoulder. He remembers what he had seen on the screen. And so he changes his mind. He agrees to go with them. And thus the adventure begins. You know, the, this white rabbit uh, becomes kind of symbolic throughout uh, the trilogy, soon to be a new, new movie here shortly. Every time Neo sees the white rabbit, he intuitively knows that there's something wrong with the world. And he follows that white rabbit. And at first, it appears to be leading him around kind of randomly. But in fact, it's leading him to a new reality. And so today, what I want to do is invite you to follow the white rabbit, so to speak. People have been asking me, why is the white rabbit on the floor? Well, here we go. So it's another part of the code we're looking at today. It's a, another one another calling from God. You know, at first, you will want to resist. You'll want to decline on this one. You won't want to follow what we're going to talk about. But I want to challenge you to follow. I, it'll go against the, the ways of the world, and it leads to a better reality in, in life. Paul writes this in Galatians 6.2. He says, bear one another's burdens in the same way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I know how this goes. For, for some of you, when, when you see this, that your initial response is, I don't want to. You know, I have enough burdens. I have enough problems. And, you know, besides, my, my plate's too full. I don't have time for this stuff. The, the fact is, the, the idea of caring for someone else, not very appealing, is it? You know, a while back, I, I was having lunch with a friend of mine. He's CEO of a large company. And uh, he, was, he was just talking about it. He goes, you know, I am spending so much time trying to deal with my employees, trying to deal with problems, put out fires, all this stuff. And he said, it's just draining me. He goes, it's just draining me. I should be out there producing, you know, instead of listening to problems and fixing struggles and, and all of this. And basically, he just said it's exhausting. And as he was talking, I'm thinking, yeah, I feel like that sometimes as a pastor. I get it. I mean, my inclination just naturally is to kind of forge ahead, you know, break new ground, press things. It's how I'm geared. It's, it's my makeup. Bear one another's burdens. That's a tough one. You know, some of you hear that and you go, well, that's what the church is all about, bearing one another's burdens. That's what God's all about. You know, some, some of you are, are thinking there, there's something wrong with someone that doesn't get that. I mean, seriously, can you even be a Christian? I mean, who doesn't get this stuff? Some of you are thinking you need to get a heart. <laughs> Real followers of Jesus Christ bear one another's burdens. It's just in your head, in your heart. In fact, some of you are so much into caring for other people that, that your spouse kind of has to reel you in once in a while. 
the, the fact is, you're a caregiver. You get it. You, you, you feel people's burdens. You love this verse. You're geared that way. In fact, some of you are going, yeah, I feel like I need to do more than I'm doing. Some of you read this verse, bear one another's burdens, and immediately give it one of these. Nobody's bearing my burdens. I don't need help. Yeah, sure, I got got some problems. But keep your nose in your business, and I'll keep mine in mine. But God's word says what? Bear one another's burdens. And today what I want to do is look at what I believe is one of the most elaborate illustrations about the church. Paul's making a point. Paul's giving us a code that we're to follow as Christians, a code that we're to follow as a church. He says, Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. When they are all put together, so it is with the body of Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we all have the privilege to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. See, our our bodies have many parts. Our body is the church. It's the church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. So so Paul's trying to get us on board, and he's saying, okay, how many bodies do we have? I'll help you. How many bodies do we have? One. How many parts do we have? Many, many, many parts. You know, one body, many parts. The church is just like the human body. We have one body, many parts. We're, we're the hands, we're the feet, we're the mouth, we're the ears of Jesus on earth. That's how we bring heaven to this earth. He says in verse 14, he says, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part, If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. The the fact is, Paul Paul wants us to get this stuff. In other words, you're you're walking along one day, and your foot starts talking. All right? Just imagine. Hey, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body. And, And you're going, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You know, the fact is, Foot, you can say whatever you want to say, but you're still part of the body. You know, this is, this is so elementary, Paul says. And he, he kind of comes at it again, verse 16 says, And what would you think if you heard an ear say, I'm not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye? Would that make it any less part of the body? He's going to beat this horse to death here. In case you haven't gotten the point. Suppose the whole body were an eye. Then then how would you hear? Or if your whole body was just one big ear, how would you smell anything? 
But that isn't the way that God has made us. He's made us many parts for our body and have put them together just where he wants it. The human body is not a random thing. You've heard me say many times that God designed fearfully and wonderfully. You know, God designed you with with fingers and legs and arms, and, and this stuff didn't happen by accident. God designed it to do exactly what it's supposed to do. And so as I'm reading this scripture, I'm kind of sitting at my desk going through it, and I'm going, duh, you know, okay, Paul, I get it. I get, I get what you're saying. But friends, do we, I mean, every day, without even thinking about it, really, you benefit from God's design in your life. True? I mean, imagine if it was a random thing. You know, it didn't have a God-given design. Because what a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. So he's made us many parts, but still there's what? Only one body. He really wants us to get this. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't want you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. The body can't function that way. Well, what if, what if you had to decide to cut off part of your body today? What would you get rid of? I know some of you go, little toe, (laughs) got nine others. (laughs) And at first you think, oh, okay. But if you think about it longer, you don't really want to do without that either, do you? Paul, Paul continues. He says, no. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are really very important. And the parts of the body that we think are not worth much are the part that we give the most care to. Hmm. And we give special care to the parts of the body that we want to hide. The more beautiful parts of our body need no special care, but God puts the body together and gave more honor to the parts that need it. Hmm. So we spend more time and more money working on the parts that we try and cover up, right? True? Is that true? I mean, it's why we exercise. (laughs) It's why we diet, get rid of this. You know, a little bit of COVID here, but uh, try and hide it. People are attracted to eyes more than feet. True? Well, usually, let's put it that way. I mean, how many uh, pair of glasses do you have? You know, one, two, three, five. Compared to how many shoes do you have? Way more, way more. Every morning, I guarantee you, you spend more time with your feet than you do your eyeballs, right? That's Paul's point. He says, the way 
that way there should be no division in the body. Instead, all the parts are mutually dependent on and care for one another. When, you, when you're physically injured, the injured part gets the focus, doesn't it? Gets the focus of the rest of the body. And that's how God designed the physical body, you know, so that the various parts would care for each other. It's God's design, and it's God's design in the church. You know, the f- fact is, and I think I've shared this before, but years ago I was playing basketball, and I was going for the ball, and other guys going for the ball. We collided full speed, you know. And I ended up, well, both of us ended up getting stitches. I got seven of them right above the eye here. When that happened, I mean, I crashed into Dave, Dave Miller, some of you might know and remember, but when I hit him, I, I, I leaned over, I was a little bit dazed, and my, my hand came up to my eye, and I could feel my fingers were wet, you know, and so I looked, and sure enough, it, it was blood, I was covered with blood, and my mouth, I turned to Nick Baggio, he's sitting over here, and I turned to Nick, and I go, I go, how bad is it? Nick assessed it, and he goes, I say continue playing. <laughs> So don't go to him for medical advice. <laughs> but here, here's what's interesting. When, when it happened, the parts of the body just kicked in. The, the parts didn't, didn't debate things, you know, say, hey, should, should, we, should we get involved here and help? You know, I, I don't know, man. There's blood all over the place. What do you think? I don't know. No. When, when you're injured, the rest of the body goes into motion. It, the parts don't go, oh, I don't know, I'm not participating in this one. Paul goes, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. You know, in other words, it, it, you get an infection, you ignore it, what happens? The rest of the body suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices in that. You know, anybody watch the World Series this year? I mean, Atlanta Braves, they, they won it all. And uh, Jorge Soler, he uh, was awarded MVP of the series. He hit three go-ahead home runs, one of them 446 feet. I mean, crushed the thing. The MVP award was not for his hands or just his arms or his eyes. The whole body was honored with the MVP. Paul wants us to get that. He wants us to understand. He says, now, that's kind of like attention. Pay attention here. Here's what I'm trying to say. All of you together are the what? One body of Christ. And each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Paul says, think like the body. Do not think like a part. Do not think like an important part or a less important part. The church is to function the same way. Every part has a function. Every part gets cared for. You know, because why? Every part is important to the body. 
care for one another. It is the code. You know, why? Why do we care for each other? Because when we care for each other, we care for the body of Jesus Christ. It's the church. And I know, I know how this goes, all right? I, I've seen it through the years. Well, you know, I don't, don't really know them very well. So I'm not going to reach out and do anything. Man, that, 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 that's a bad situation. But I'm not very close to them. What could I do, you know? And Paul goes, whoa, pay attention, engage, think like the body, care for one another, do what you can do. You know, when it's a a spiritual or a physical or an emotional struggle, Paul would say, care. I mean, maybe you're a good listener. You know, maybe, maybe you can help in some way. You know, someone's going through something relationally. He says, care, encourage, offer them some some advice, engage. You know, maybe it's a financial issue. He'd say, care. You can be generous. You can offer assistance. You can see what it is that you can do. Whatever it is, Paul says, care. Because when you care for that person, when you care for that family, when you care for that couple or that teenager or that single mom or whoever it is, when you, when you care for them, you change them. You need to think, oh, you know, not just I'm caring for some individual, but I'm caring for the body of Jesus Christ. And because of that, if that person goes down, if that couple breaks up, if that kid crashes and burns or runs off or whatever, what happens is the body suffers. The body suffers. You know, when your physical body goes down, everything goes down to some extent, true? I mean, your work will suffer. Maybe you have to miss a few days of work. Your family suffers. Your relationships can suffer. I mean, even your finances suffer when you go down for a short time. That part, it affects the whole body. The same thing's true in the church. If part of the body is sick, we're all unhealthy to some degree as a church. If part of the body is sick and it's hurting and suffering, see, we will not operate as effectively in fulfilling the mission that God's put before us. You know, faith fellowship, we've been called by God, created by God, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The healthier we are, the better we care for one another, the more effectively we operate in accomplishing what our God-given mission is, period. Caring for one another results in us being stronger being more focused, 
being more able-bodied. And just a little sidebar here for my caregivers out there. You cannot take on the weight of the world alone. You can't do it. If you do, you know what will happen, right? I mean, maybe it's already happened. You will burn out. It will devour you. You will get to a point in your life that you do not want to hear about anybody's needs. You don't, you don't want to ask about a situation. You just avoid the conversation. You know, you, you don't answer the phone anymore. In fact, you don't want to go to church anymore. You pull back. Why? Because you're used up. That is not God's plan for your life. You're part of the body. You know, let me say something to the other half of you. Those that don't like to admit that you have a need in your life. And I know you're kind of coy about it. You're like, well, now if you need me, just give me a call. I'll be glad to help, but I will not be calling you to ask for help. You know, it's a one-way street. If you attend this church... If you call Faith Fellowship your home, if you need care in your life, and you refuse to let the church help and let people get involved, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting Faith Fellowship. See, you are forgetting something very fundamental here. You're forgetting you're part of a body. It's the body of Jesus Christ, the church. You have to start thinking different. You've got to think like a body. And I, and I get it. I get it. I understand. You know, sometimes it's difficult to do that. It's hard to let someone help. It's hard to admit you've got a weakness or some struggle in your life. But if any follower of Jesus Christ goes it alone, when, when that problem shows up, what happens is the infection starts, and it grows. And if you are not careful, you will get bitter, and ultimately you just die inside, become a shell. The implications of this passage, at first it seems real simple, doesn't it? But the point's very, very clear. This is part of the code that we live by. When we care for one another, it ensures that the church stays healthy in life. Christ followers, church, we got to think like the body. Got to think like what? Oh, that's pitiful. We've got to think like what? Got to think like what? We've got to think like the body. It's why, it's why Jesus said this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That kind of love shines the world will know 
we're followers of Jesus Christ. Not, not because you go to church. I mean, not because you, you sing worship songs. Not, not because you have some uh, religious habit in your life. You know, not because you, you post scripture, uh, you know, or some uh, religious saying on social media. Not because you wear a cross. No, it's when we show love to one another. You know, it's how we care for one another. Then the world knows. Then the world sees it and gets it. So we're going to think like the body is a church. Why? Because it's part of the code. It's part of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. We're called to bear one another's burdens. Carry them. Step in. We're also called to let others step in and carry with us. That's what we're going to be as a, as a church. It's what we're called to. So, let, Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God. I pray that we would be the body. That we would be a light to the world in how we care for one another, love one another. God, we are all different parts of this body. We all have different gifts and talents and skills and abilities. But we're one body. God, help us to function that way. Help us to be who you have called us to be, who you created us to be. God, may we give you glory with what we say, what we do. God, help us to be one, just as we are one in your Holy Spirit. May we be that community of faith. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. You may remain seated and just uh, listen to this song again and see if you don't hear something a little little bit different. And uh, when it says brother, it's talking about sisters too. It's talking about all of us, all of us. So.